This live stream is sponsored by Larson Farms, Idaho's finest alfalfa. For the best hay all year long, get Larson Farms. From a single bale to a train load, Larson Farms has all the hay you need. Welcome to the Horse Talk Show. You never heard of a talking horse? With your host, Louisa Barton. I want to be a famous rider. Presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. Truth is, I help horses with people problems. Now here's the Brit with the bit, Louisa Barton! Yeah, baby! Welcome to the Horse Talk Show presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. I'm your host, Louisa Barton. In the studio with me, I have Dr. Adam Kayot from Peterson and Smith. And we've been talking a little bit about summertime troubles for your horses. And certainly in Florida, we do have a few months. It's a little bit ghastly hot, um, especially for us Brits. <laughs> Find it rather warm, although I'm doing much better this year than any other year. But something that the horses really seem to um, deal with, uh, or at least uh, some of them do, is anhydrosis, which is the inability to sweat. And when they stop sweating, they quite often start uh, to pant like a dog, which is, uh, which is a little bit concerning. Uh, and it's very important for them to be able to sweat. Um, Dr. Kayot, talk to us a little bit about some cases of anhydrosis and sort of how you can help to resolve that. Right, well, anhydrosis can be a, a serious condition. Um, a lot of times, horses that don't sweat um, just do it at the blink of an eye. They just decide one day they're not going to sweat. We don't know why it happens, why one horse stops sweating uh, over another horse. Um, so we don't really have a handle on understanding the physiology of, of how it occurs, why it occurs, and thus makes it very difficult to treat. Right. Um, <clears throat> so. Um, what you want to look for, and it can happen in horses of all ages. I will say, however, that horses that are older and maybe um, have Cushing's disease or that sort of thing tend to be a little bit more uh, prone to it, I think. Um, but I've seen it in horses of all ages from three-year-olds up through the old guys. Um, so. Um, the thing you need to look for, and it makes it a little easier if you have a herd of horses, because if you see your three or four out there in the field and they're sweating and Blaze is over there standing in the shade and he's not wet, then that's reason for concern. Yes. Um, it's interesting that we talk about this now because um, I just did a pre-purchase the other day on a horse and um, I noticed the horse was fine, but I noticed standing in the stall, his heart, his, I mean, his respiratory rate was like 76. Most of the time, there should be like around 12 beats, you know, breaths mm -hmm. a minute. And um, he was happy, did not have a fever, was not, but he was compensating because it was a really hot day, Thursday or Friday last week, whatever it was. He was compensating because he didn't have any sweat, so he was trying to cool himself off, and that's what the body will do, like you brought up at the start, you know, panting. He wasn't really panting, but his respiratory rate was, ex you know, excessively elevated. And so I, we went on through the exam, and 
he didn't sweat at all and I trot, did all my flexions and trotted him and worked him on the lunge and I was going to see if he started sweating and he didn't. So obviously I made the buyer aware that you know this happened and you need to be aware of this. Horses can not sweat one day and then start sweating the next day. You are so right. Um, they can not sweat one day and then you'll never see them sweat again, or they can not sweat one day and you'll never see them not sweat again. <laughs> uh, it can be any combination. They can go in and out of time. So it makes it really difficult because you don't know the day that you're going on a trail ride is Blaze going to sweat or not. Right. And you have to be aware of what your horse is doing. I know it's fun and you get there with your friends and you're paying attention and you're talking about whatever you're talking about. And Blaze is down here cooking, right. you know. So um, if you have a horse like that, um, pay attention to them, uh, especially and especially in, you know, um, the hot times of the year and if they are um, asked to do work. Treatment wise, there's all kinds of things out there to treat. One of the more common things, and people like it and they find it humorous, is beer. Is beer, exactly. You know, it's so funny you say that because I was at the Demerics the other day, and Sandy at the Demerics is mm -hmm. absolutely wonderful. The Demerics are wonderful. And my mom has a horse in training there right. who's actually just moved to Mark Cass's now to go to the track. But she stopped sweating, and, and um, Nick Demerick said, Oh, she should probably go. You know, it'd be great for her to go to Woodbine because, you know, she it's right. a lot cooler cool. than, cool. than it right. is sure. Sure. racing like at Gulfstream. Right. So um, so we said, oh, good idea, but we'd like to find out if we can help her, you know. Mm -hmm. And so Nick said, well, you know, we've tried a few things that, that work. And so when I got to Nick's barn, Nick and Jack's barn, <laughs> there's a black and tan yeah. bottle right. sitting in the top right. of her feed right. And I'm like, yes, good old black and tan. <laughs> yeah, Mom exactly. would love it. Dad exactly. loves that stuff. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, and I don't know if it works or not but it seems to have helped some. Makes the horse happy. Makes the horse happy. Generally they like it. It's just grain so in liquid form so it's cool and if it works great. Hey beer makes me sweat. <laughs> what can I say? Yeah right 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 exactly. So you know that can work. There's um, a product called 1AC that sometimes works. Um, I've had um, some people have uh, limited results with um, acupuncture. Um, there's all kinds of, you know, uh, holistic herbals and stuff like that. And, you know, that's always a possibility. So the reason there's so many different things is because there's not one good, right. one thing right. to work. So um, you can try all those. Um, if none of those things seem to work, cross your fingers and hope that, you know, your horse starts sweating again. But um, certainly it can be a, a, uh, a problem. And, and I, I want to caution people generally because a lot of times non-sweaters or anhydrotic horses, you might see a little bit of sweat underneath the mane or if you have them tacked up underneath the saddle, that sort of thing. That doesn't count. Okay, that doesn't count because you need your horse lathered up and sweating good along all the neck, you know, like, like a normal horse would under the circumstances mm -hmm. that they've been asked to right. do, okay? Um, uh, because if, if they're just sweating a little bit under the saddle or just a little bit under their mane or maybe a little bit, uh, you know, in the flanks, that's not gonna. That's not enough to cool them off. And um, you read my mind. That was my next question. Because on Sunday when I rode Sunny, he only sweated under the saddle, and the other horse was sweating all down his neck yeah. and everything. And I said, mm, 
Yeah. Not a good sign. So, so yes, you Sonny answered. might need some black and tan, too. I <laughs> think he does. But he's he a Cushing sauce, so he's probably not allowed black well, and tan. that's true. I'd probably know. go to have yeah, him a sugar-free right. beer, <laughs> don't I? Maybe you try the one AC. I don't know. But, <laughs> I think so. But, um, yeah, so that, that you know, then, and it's good that you paid attention. You saw that. And, and horse owners need to need mm -hmm. to be, atten be, be attentive to those sorts of things. Um, but like I said, I've had it happen in brood mares that are just standing out in the field, and um, you know I've lost I've lost a few patients over the years because people haven't noticed, and by the time they get home, you know the horse is down, and it's 98 degrees, 100 degrees out, and they're basically just baking. You know? Right. So, well, my opinion at this time of year, if you have the option of riding really early or really late. Oh yeah. That's a, almost a must-have. Sometimes you don't if you're competing. You know your class might not fall in, in a cooler time mm -hmm. of the day, but I think you've got to be really aware yeah. of changes. And, and as you said, like one day could be one thing and the next another. So really pay attention That's to that. Because right. I noticed right away I was looking at shotgun. He was soaking wet. And I said, hmm, Sonny's not. And when I took his saddle off, he had some sweat underneath it, but nothing yeah, ever on yeah. his neck. Yeah. And he hasn't had that problem for a couple of years, so it's something right, for right. me to pay attention to. So pay to. attention to yeah. it. But, I mean, you know, if it's if it's uncomfortable for you, that's the good thing. You know, most people around here this time of year, it's too hot to ride during the day. They're, <laughs> either, you know, they're either out early or, you know, late, you know, before the, right before the sun goes down, that sort of thing. But, um, you know, if it's, if it's uncomfortable for you, it's really uncomfortable for your horse, too. And horses can deal with cold weather so much better than they can deal with really hot weather. So that's something to be, you know, they, they, the horses can deal with 20 below just fine, generally. It's, you know, when you get 98 degrees and 90% humidity and that sort of thing, it, it can make it really difficult Heat to cool off. And absolutely, yes, absolutely. Yeah. And so. they're not able to cool themselves and that panting can then also cause other problems because you don't want them to be breathing like that That's in the right. first place because that right. doesn't come That's naturally right. and then you That's can right. have all sorts of other issues yep. to worry about. So yes. really being aware of it and, and something actually that Sandy said to me at the demerics of the day is she said, honestly, I really believe if you catch it early and you can, you know, mm -hmm. change your schedule, add some of the supplements that do help and or beer or whatever you're going to do. Yeah. But she said she really felt like they caught it really quick with this horse and that that was really helpful. Well, yeah, so. and you know, and then that could very well be the case. And generally, like I said, in the younger horses, um, these episodes are, um, you know, limited. It's the older ones that you end up having to worry about um, that that might not start sweating ever again. Um, the other thing, the other one thing about that is, it seems interesting. The ones that become non-sweaters typically were prolific sweaters at one point. That's so true. that's something to be just because they're prolific sweaters doesn't, doesn't mean, mean they always they will be. be. Yeah, right, right, right. Great advice, and um, and you know, advice of having a beer. How can you go wrong? <laughs> Sounds like a good idea. <laughs> yeah, have a black and tan with your horse. <laughs> Why not? Right. Dr. Adam Kayot from Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. Thank you. Talking about anhydrosis in horses. Uh, we've got him with us uh, for the next few weeks on the show, so uh, we'll be looking forward to hearing more about what you might have to face in the summertime with your horses. I'm Louisa Barton for the Horse Talk Show.
Trust the Equine Veterinary Hospital, the leading thoroughbred horse farms of Marion County, Florida. Trust. Trust Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital, serving Ocala, Florida since 1981. Peterson and Smith provides state-of-the-art and leading veterinary care to meet every horse owner's needs, whether it's one horse or hundreds. We specialize in sports medicine, surgery, reproduction, and general medicine, and have the largest ambulatory fleet in the southeastern United States. The most successful thoroughbred farms in Marion County trust Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. Shouldn't you? Visit us at Peterson Smith. Earth Song Ranch is not just for horses, we're here for your kitty kids and puppy pals too, and for their humans. We carry a line of dehydrated whole foods for dogs and cats and our own line of probiotics and digestive enzymes for them as well. We carry longevity minerals and supplements for humans. We walk our talk and we're all about a more natural approach to health for animals and humans. Visit us at earthsongranch.com or on Facebook, come and like us. Hi. I'm Don Emmerich, CEO of All In Removal. All In is a leader in both manure removal and shavings deliveries here in the horse capital of the world. We offer hands down the best service along with the lowest prices of anyone. Now, please don't take my word for it. Put us to the test. I'm so confident that we can save you money compared to any competing service that I will personally guarantee it. If we can't save you money, I'll give you a gift card for dinner at a restaurant of your choice. Call us today and experience the All In whether in the arena or on the trails, Ovation helmets are designed to keep you cool and comfortable. Choose from styles like the Sync, the Deluxe, the Protégé, the Eclipse, the Quantum, and more. Styles with removable liners and reinforced ventilation panels for hot Florida summers. For the lightest and most comfortable helmets on the market today, check out Ovation Helmets at EnglishRidingSupply.com or get fitted for your perfect new helmet at Tack Shack of Ocala. Tack Shack of Ocala! It's hot out there, so come on in and chill out at Tack Shack of Ocala. For every $50 you spend, earn $10 in Tack Shack store bucks. Beat the heat in the Horse Lovers Candy Store from now until August 17th and earn $10 for every $50 you spend. So come see us at your favorite dog-friendly tack store, Tack Shack of Ocala. We're the champions shop. The good stuff that you're after. Attention, North Central Florida. Palm Chevrolet, the area's number one volume Chevy dealer, is pre-qualifying customers for new cars without using a social security number. That's right. We don't need your social to get you qualified for a new car. Simply log on to palmchevrolet.com, enter your name and address, and instantly get your credit score, interest rate, even your payment on any new Chevy in stock. This will not affect your credit score. Log on to palmchevrolet.com and get pre-qualified now. Or visit Palm Chevrolet, Southwest College Road in Ocala. Find new roads. Hi, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show. Back on the Horse Talk Show presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. Thank you to Larson Farms. They are our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. I'm your host, Louisa Barton, broadcasting from Ocala, Marion County, Florida. And in the studio with me, I have co-hosts and equestrian, Paulette Stout. And joining us now on the phone, a dear friend, top jockey, Sophie Doyle. Sophie, it's lovely to have you on the show with us again. Um, British-born Sophie is the daughter of former trainer Jackie Doyle and sister to grade one winning European jockey James Doyle. 
Uh, Sophie has uh, been in the U.S. for some time now uh, and actually came work to work here as an exercise rider before making a uh, big move and uh, is a jockey and very well known and doing an absolutely fabulous job uh, with a horse that's very well known, Street Band. Sophie, thank you for joining us. Uh, tell us a little bit more about you um, coming over here from England and, and what a big change that has been. Hi Louisa, thank you very much for having me on, on this evening. Uh, it's great to be back on here again with you guys. Yeah, I came over to the States almost six years ago now when I decided after two months of work, um, two working holidays of three months in the States, I decided that I wanted to make a career change. And six years ago, I went back home and I said to mom, I'm ready to leave. I'm going to go across the ocean and carry on with my career in America. And six years later, here we are. And finally, after the past four years now, we've really been doing well and making a good name for ourselves. You certainly have. How exciting this year. Um, I, I got to meet you actually uh, during the during my trip to Louisville for the uh, for the Derby and the Oaks. And tell us about how exciting it was to be uh, to be involved in that weekend of racing. Oh, absolutely. The riding in the Kentucky Oaks this year was is you know every dream that you could ever have to be a part of. I know everybody wants to. We all want to be a part of the Derby, but you know. Riding with the Phillies and being part of the Kentucky Oaks, which is just an amazing race for those, and it's been running as long as the Derby, so you're racing, being part of history, and it was just amazing to be able to put my name on that race, and you know, maybe one day I'll be able to come back and win it at Dead Rose in the Pavnik a few years ago. There you go. Hey, and why not? Why not the the Oaks and the Derby, right? <laughs> Absolutely, definitely. So tell us about riding Street Band. I know that at times she can be a little bit hot and um, and you've worked very well with her on that. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, I've always said that she's a bit of a fiery redhead and we, that's why we always get, get, get along so well together. Um, during the Oaks, um, she got pretty worked up during the preliminaries with all the crowd, the noise, and it's quite a small. Um, an intimidating paddock at Churchill, so she kind of, there's a lot going on a lot from the beginning, from when they leave their stall on the other side of the track to circling around to the walkover and then before I finally come out to get on her, so there was a lot going on and then of course with the TV crews and everything, it was a big rush to keep everything on time. Mm. So she, during the Kentucky Oaks, she didn't handle things as well as we'd like her to have done, but she still ran a phenomenal race and showed that she was good enough to be there. And since then we gave her a nice long break and we started working her back a month after the race with the Indiana Oaks in mind. And we decided that we'd work her every other week to keep her relaxed and see if that worked out for her with her training regime. And this past Saturday it did. It, when it came to the races, Street Band behaved beautifully in the paddock. She was really relaxed and calm and stayed quiet. Um, when we got on her, there was a few moments when I got on her in the paddock, though, that she kind of lit up a bit. And I said, oh, there she is. She's back again. But <laughs> once we're actually out on the track, she's impeccable. And I was really impressed with her. And I think it just, giving her a break and, you know, working her differently every other week up to the Indiana Oaks, it seems to 
it paid off and it went the right way for us. Absolutely. What was sort of going through your head about uh, halfway and maybe two thirds into uh, the Indiana Oaks? Uh, what were you thinking? It has to have been very exciting. Absolutely, it was definitely. Um, the one thing though, before we just before we went into the gate, the number three horse decided that she didn't want to go in. Took a long time to load. And I suddenly realized, I was like, here's a moment that's going to be a win or lose, that either she's going to behave and take it and be, stay relaxed, or she's going to get a bit fired up and like she can do. Mm -hmm. And she actually stood behind the gate, took a nice big breath, and I felt her relax under me. It was almost like that moment where you're just like, we got this. You knew it. So, <laughs> I said, Mommy, when she broke out the gate, she broke quick out of there. All evening long, um, speed has been really tough to beat all evening. So I said, well, I can't be any more than three lengths out of it. I've got to stay close to the front pack. And we got in a really nice position. Down the back side, um, the two horses started back up on my inside. So I said, hey, right, let's take that position go up behind Pete Miller's horse with Brian Hernandez. I know they've got some good um, speed in the race and I think he'll take us all the way along till we hit the top of the stretch. Um, there was a rider in front of us that hadn't ridden there before, so I knew he didn't know the track as well as I did. So I took advantage of that, nipping up his inside, knowing that he'd probably kind of get a bit, oh, mm -hmm. not expect a horse to be in there, but with those big races, you have to ride aggressive like that. So when we were turning for home, as soon as I got through the hall and got along, drew alongside Brian's horse, I just knew. I said, "That's it. There's going to have. There's going to be a good one to come and come along and catch me." And she gave me everything that she had, and I think she won really nicely. And we have some wonderful photographs of you uh, with the flowers, and uh, and we're going to share those. If you're joining us on uh, Facebook at the Horse Talk Show, you can see those uh, those photographs. Just absolutely amazing. You just look um, beyond ecstatic, and uh, you, you have to have just been absolutely thrilled uh, knowing that you had such a good horse under you. Uh, and the, and as you mentioned, you know the Oaks and the Derby both so um, so stressful. So many people, you know, a hundred and 50 or 70,000 people and uh, you know a, a lot of commotion and, and a lot going on for a very young horse but um, probably a horse that's just really coming into her own now and uh, and really uh, I think the, the next year or so we're going to see even more from her. What, what do you think will be next for, uh, for Street Band? So her next two races that are on the cards is the Alabama grade one at Saratoga next month and then the next one is the Cortilliana Park um, at the end of the season. And then, of course, who knows if she'll be, if there was a race that she's eligible, or they might aim her towards the Breeders' Cup. Mm -hmm. um, there could be something there that's in the pipeline for her. Um, but speaking with Larry, we're going to do the same, train her the same way as we did coming into this race. We're going to separate her works up, and she stays pretty fit in between you know, in between works and races, so we don't need to do as much with her and because she's so happy with herself, she keeps herself pretty fit. So um, I think that's the next key and we it's not 100% for the Alabama, but I think it will be 100% for the Cortillian coming oh, exciting. up. Exciting. 
It's wonderful. Uh, she, this is her second graded victory this year, and um, and she is uh, being trained by Larry Jones, doing a phenomenal job with her. She's um, she's actually got earnings over four hundred thousand uh, dollars currently, and uh, is really showing herself to be everything that Sophie knew she was and more. And Sophie, my guess is that you're fairly happy with your move from England to the US and, and what a great move that has been in your career. Yeah, it has been. It's, it's, taken, it's taken a couple of years and, you know, I think it is a little bit harder being a female jockey that getting the right people to give you the chances. I mean, as opposed nice. to the men, because I've had two friends come from England that took off right away and I'm still chugging away and when am I going to get my break too? But it's, it's just sometimes it's the way of the world and the way God maps your path out there and you just got to keep your head down and keep working. And right now with, when in the past with Fioretti and now with Street Band, you know, those times are paying off and you just got to keep working towards it and keep enjoying yourself and have fun along the way. Absolutely. That's so wonderful. Congratulations to you on that incredible win uh, in the Indiana. And please send our best and all our love and hugs to your mom, Jackie. It's a real honor and a pleasure to have you on the show. And hopefully I'll see yeah. you in Saratoga. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you very much for having us on this evening. It's a Thank you. Thank you. Top jockey Sophie Doyle, um, a Brit, is proving herself in the U.S. Thank you for joining us for this special segment on the Horse Talk Show presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. I'm Louisa Barton and we'll be right back. Earth Song Ranch is not just for horses. We're here for your kitty kids and puppy pals too, and for their humans. We carry a line of dehydrated whole foods for dogs and cats and our own line of probiotics and digestive enzymes for them as well. We carry longevity minerals and supplements for humans. We walk our talk and we're all about a more natural approach to health for animals and humans. Visit us at earthsongranch.com or on Facebook, come and like us. Trust the Equine Veterinary Hospital, the leading thoroughbred horse farms of Marion County, Florida. Trust. Trust Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital, serving Ocala, Florida since 1981. Peterson and Smith provides state-of-the-art and leading veterinary care to meet every horse owner's needs, whether it's one horse or hundreds. We specialize in sports medicine, surgery, reproduction, and general medicine, and have the largest ambulatory fleet in the southeastern United States. The most successful thoroughbred farms in Marion County trust Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. Shouldn't you? Visit us at Peterson Smith. New Horizon Insurance Solutions provides first-class customer service and ethical solutions based on over 30 years of knowledge and experience in the risk management and self-funded community. New Horizon Insurance Solutions guides clients to the best, most proven companies and individuals that assure you reach your desired goals. Services include equine and bloodstock, farm and ranch insurance, consulting and workers' compensation. Contact Nigel at nigelwarbank at gmail.com for more. Attention, North Central Florida. Palm Chevrolet, the area's number one volume Chevy dealer, is pre-qualifying customers for new cars without using a social security number. That's right. We don't need your social to get you qualified for a new car. Simply log on to palmchevrolet.com, enter your name and address, and instantly get your credit score, interest rate, even your payment on any new Chevy in stock. This will not affect your credit score. Log on to palmchevrolet.com and get pre-qualified now or visit Palm Chevrolet, Southwest College Road in Ocala. Find new roads. 
We're a unique, tough breed. We work long, hard hours making sure your horses are healthy and properly shod. Because, well, we farriers know horses perform better when they're properly shod and healthy. You want quality horse products, supplements, and farrier supplies at affordable prices. And you won't settle for anything less. TT Distributors is dedicated to quality horse products, supplements, and farrier supplies at affordable prices. Racehorse or a pasture pony. TT Distributors has what you need. 7715 West Highway 40, Ocala. Seminole Feed is a family-owned company always striving to exceed your expectations with our dedication to customer service since 1934. Seminole is one of the few companies today manufacturing fixed formula horse feeds with mindful monitoring of our production process to keep our nutrition safe for your horse. Using only quality ingredients and superior formulas made in an all-natural, non-medicated feed mill right here in Ocala. Seminole Feed, simply the world's best equine... I'm Olympic medalist Clayton Fredericks, and you're listening to the Horse Talk Show. This live stream is sponsored by Larson Farms, Idaho's finest alfalfa. For the best hay all year long, get Larson Farms. From a single bale to a train load, Larson Farms has all the hay you need. Welcome back to the Horse Talk Show. You never heard of a talking horse? Well, listen to this. With your host, Louisa Barton. What does it feel like to be in love with a horse? Presented this hour by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy store. Now, here's your pretty, pretty Louisa Barton. You're fab, you're switched on, you're a bit of old right. Back on the Horse Talk Show, presented by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. I'm your host, Louisa Barton. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. I'm in the studio uh, in the horse capital of the world, Ocala, Marion County, Florida. And on the phone, a couple of good friends of mine, and I say racing experts, and that is Bobby and Lisa Bolger. And they have horsing around with Bobby and Lisa, and they follow a lot of the exciting goings on at the races and most especially this past weekend uh when the haskell happened the haskell invitational and all of the excitement there hi guys it's lovely to have you on the show with us uh welcome and um tell us a little bit about about the haskell about some of, of the excitement there at um at the home track for uh, maximum security Hi, Louise. It's such a pleasure to be with you today. It was uh, it was really a lot of fun. We had a blast at the Haskell. Uh, you know, we uh, we do the Facebook group uh, Monmouth Park Racetrack Memories, and uh, so we do a lot of promoting and bolstering support for our, our home track. And we we love Monmouth. You know, we absolutely do. We know uh, a lot of the trainers and owners, and and just just a lot of the jockeys uh, around there, the backstretch workers. So. You know, it's like a family. You mm -hmm. know, Mammoth really is. So being there, it's it's so thrilling. And Haskell Day is the biggest day of the year. And, uh, you know, Maximum Security is our home horse. So uh, there was a lot of excitement with uh, him running um, in the Haskell. And, uh, you know, we wanted to see him uh, come out a big winner. And, uh, 
you know, we knew we had some competition in there. You know, Bob Baffert's won the Haskell eight times, so <laughs> so he doesn't send slouches. You know, usually when he comes, he comes to win. That's just, and he's been very successful at it. So, uh, you know, that we knew that there'd be competition. And King for a day was a tough, you know, competitor. He he beat uh, Max just by a little bit the last time, and we knew that Max would be up to the task for this one. So. Uh, it, it made, you know, it, it made for an unbelievable day at the Haskell, you know, just, so, just to get to watch that. So how was the atmosphere, you know, as obviously with the Derby debacle, um, with the disqualification of maximum security and, um, and all of this sort of uproar about that, either one way or the other, depending on, on what side you were on, there were some people very strongly... Um, for that and some strongly against uh, a lot of mixed emotions. What was it sort of like there as far as the atmosphere? Was there a lot of um, camaraderie between the sort of locals for their local horse here who's who's at his own track? Yeah. There's so much uh, there's there's so much love and support of Jason's service and maximum security and Luis Saez comes in and rides a lot at moments so so we we know him I mean we've we've uh, been over at the grotto you know at the beer garden which is right next door and that's where a lot of the jockeys and everybody goes over to after the races and we see him over there from come over and uh, after the races and he's a nice guy and you know we it was just really awesome. It was very exciting, and and uh, you know, Jersey's behind Max. I mean, I can yeah. tell you that it was a very, very exciting win, a popular win. Yes, absolutely. And you know, um, there's been a lot of of bad publicity for horse racing that I know a lot of people who don't like horse racing, and are sort of bent on ending it, have really kind of grabbed at and and run with it and not to ever discount the, the sadness of an injury or even worse, a fatality. And certainly I'm a horse lover and I believe you love the horse before the sport. Uh, I've been a horse lover my whole life. So uh, they're very dear to my heart, but I really believe in horse racing. And I really believe that there is a, a real partnership between the horse and the human. And I've seen it at so many occasions on the backside of the tracks and I know that you see um, a great a great deal of the other side of it as well and you know I think to say that you can easily be a horse lover and love horse racing um, all the way from nursing when they're nursing the um, the foals in the fields and the mothers that are well cared for and have um, wonderful life and um, they're so well looked after. I mean, they're ba- they have a balanced diet and they're, they have the best veterinary and dental care and lots of love and tons of grooming. And, and they love to run. You know, we see that they love to run. Uh, Absolutely. That's what they love to do, you know. And, and that's the amazing thing, you know, is that, uh, you know, when you spend as much time around the horses and and on the backside and, the, you know, the backstretch with the grooms and with the people that care for the horses and with the trainers and you get to know them and you get to know all the horses and you see the bonds that are formed, you see the mm-hmm. love that really takes place, you see how pampered they really are and how well taken care of they are and how much support there is, uh, you know, uh, between uh, one another, the camaraderie on the backstretches and everything. You see that, you know, something... Uh, 
you know, it's 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 uh, the the love of the horse is uh, first very and evident. foremost. It's very evident on the back uh, on the back stretch, and it's very evident when you get to know uh, people that are involved. You know, it uh, really, it I, is. I just wanted to add, hi, Louisa, that mm -hmm. um, you know that's that's one of our priorities uh, with running the Mamas page that we're doing, and we're really focusing lately on going to the back barns and. Uh, we spent a number of weekends, probably 10 to 15 hours over the past few few weekends, just to um, show people, you know, through pictures and videos. And uh, we have some little interviews with some of the trainers back there um, about how they care for their horses and telling us about each horse. And then we bring that to the page so that, you know, the, the fans that, you know, can fall in love with the horses, that, that know something personal about them right. and they get to know trainers and see how well they're taking care of exactly what you just said yes it, it's it's it, it is a whole nother side that a lot of people just think it's all about money and they don't understand you know these people who get up at three and four in the morning and go to the go to the horses so early to feed them and take care of them you know I've, I've been at the barn with Melvin who works for um, works for Mark Cassie and you know gone back at midnight you know to the barn with him and filled up water buckets you know, and yeah. checked on the horses yeah. were very, very late at night. I mean, they go to great, great effort and, and a lot of work and dedication to, to get these horses to, you know, the point where they can be successful in their racing career. And there's a lot of time and love, a labor of love that goes into a real cherished way of life. And, uh, and I think a lot of times people miss that. They, they see the money, they think it's all about the money and they miss what's going on behind the scenes. I think it's great that you guys are bringing that to people on Facebook. What most people don't realize, too, is that the lifeblood of the industry is the small trainer, the small owner, the, the people that are not millionaires, and they're not buying $500,000 yearlings. Right. The lifeblood of this sport, you know, are people that are, are really regular Joes and, and people that, uh, I know one, uh, Jeannie Boyunasevich, she, she, uh, she's a trainer, owner, she takes, uh, nobody takes a better care to, uh, of a horse than this woman and, and she's well loved and supported at Mammoth and all around the area. She takes in everything from rescues to horses, she's birthed them, she's, she's uh, you know, she's spent her whole life, she's won the spirit of the the Spirit of the Horse Award uh, in New Jersey. She's won uh, tons of things, and she's she's just one example, one shining example. And you know, and she's had some health issues as of late, but she's she's still. I mean, she's doing amazing things. Uh, you know, uh, for horses, and uh, this is the type of person that uh, people that are involved in racing. You know, people that just love the horses and take yeah. care of the horses and they realize that they're not forcing a horse to run no. they have horses these these horses that run love to do it they do you do yeah, you can you can it. tell i'm i'm going to steal something right here from the pollock report that i read today racing horses is more than a job it's a cherished way of life horse racing is worth protecting because it champions and strengthens our most lofty human values hard work, persistence, and patience, while connecting us to noble and beautiful animals who've partnered, partnered with humans for millennia and continue to benefit greatly from that partnership as well. And that came from the Pollock Report today, and I read that, and I thought, how very fitting 
that is and how very appropriate uh, it certainly is. So, um, And we appreciate you guys and the way that you, um, you keep up with all of this so that we can, we can enjoy uh, your photos and your experiences too at the races. It's, uh, it's a lovely thing to see in a, a chance meeting running into you uh, over, over Ronnie Turcott, who, uh, the, the jockey who, um, who rode Secretariat to his record-breaking victory and to meet you two uh, uh, over him was uh, a very neat experience and a real pleasure. So very um, special and he celebrated his birthday yesterday as well. So. That's right. That's right. Happy birthday, uh, Ronnie Turcott. So thank you, uh, Lisa and Bobby Bolger, so much for being with us on the Horse Talk Show. We look forward to following your adventures uh, on Facebook and staying in touch with you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. You do a wonderful job at everything you do as well. Thank you both. We appreciate you. I'm Louisa Barton for the Horse Talk Show. Attention, North Central Florida. Palm Chevrolet, the area's number one volume Chevy dealer, is pre-qualifying customers for new cars without using a social security number. That's right. We don't need your social to get you qualified for a new car. Simply log on to palmchevrolet.com, enter your name and address, and instantly get your credit score, interest rate, even your payment on any new Chevy in stock. This will not affect your credit score. Log on to palmchevrolet.com and get pre-qualified now. Or visit Palm Chevrolet, Southwest College Road in Ocala. Find new roads. We're a unique, tough breed. We work long, hard hours making sure your horses are healthy and properly shod. Because, well, we farriers know horses perform better when they're properly shod and healthy. You want quality horse products, supplements, and farrier supplies at affordable prices. And you won't settle for anything less. TT Distributors is dedicated to quality horse products, supplements, and farrier supplies at affordable prices. Racehorse or a pasture pony, TT Distributors has what you need. 7715 West Highway 40, Ocala. Seminole Feed is a family-owned company always striving to exceed your expectations with our dedication to customer service since 1934. Seminole is one of the few companies today manufacturing fixed formula horse feeds with mindful monitoring of our production process to keep our nutrition safe for your horse. Using only quality ingredients and superior formulas made in an all-natural, non-medicated feed mill right here in Ocala. Seminole Feed, simply the world's best equine. Earth Song Ranch is not just for horses. We're here for your kitty kids and puppy pals too, and for their humans. We carry a line of dehydrated whole foods for dogs and cats and our own line of probiotics and digestive enzymes for them as well. We carry longevity minerals and supplements for humans. We walk our talk and we're all about a more natural approach to health for animals and humans. Visit us at earthsongranch.com or on Facebook, come and like us. Tack Shack of Ocala. It's hot out there, so come on in and chill out at Tack Shack of Ocala. For every $50 you spend, earn $10 in Tack Shack store bucks. Beat the heat in the Horse Lovers Candy Store from now until August 17th and earn $10 for every $50 you spend. So come see us at your favorite dog-friendly tack store, Tack Shack of Ocala. We're the champions shop. The good stuff that you're after. Tack Shack of Ocala. The Horse Lovers Candy Store. I'm Olympic medalist Clayton Fredericks, and you're listening to the Horse Talk Show. 
Back on the Horse Talk show presented by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. I'm your host, Louisa Barton, and I have one of my favorite guests in the whole wide world joining us, and that is Hall of Fame turf writer Steve Haskin on the phone with us. Just had a very exciting Haskell weekend and um, an interesting year this year. Going to let Steve uh, comment on that. Steve Haskin, welcome back to the show. Thank you for joining us. It's good to be here. Uh, tell us uh, your thoughts on the uh, on the, the Haskell this weekend and on Maximum Security's performance. Well, I mean, it was certainly a popular victory. I think, uh, you know, it's his home track. Uh, I think everybody in New Jersey and the Jersey Shore was, uh, was rooting for him, you know, obviously looking for, uh, for redemption. And, I, you know, I thought he ran, I thought he ran a very, uh, very gutsy race. Uh, you know, it looked like, it looked like he was beaten. You know, Bob Baffert, who basically owns the Haskell, he's won it eight times, looked like he had him beat with Mucho Gusto. But I think it was a combination of, of maximum security fighting back and Mucho Gusto not really wanting to get a mile and an eighth. I think he's more of a seven furlong to a mile and a sixteenth horse. And it looked like he had him beat, but he just couldn't finish it off. But give maximum security a lot of credit. I mean, he did dig in. And the final time was, you know, 147 and two. I mean, they don't run much faster at Monmouth Park. Right. So it was, it was a good, you know, rebound race for him after, uh, after getting upset. I came for a day who, uh, you know, who got stopped sort of at the, at the uh, 516th pole, and, but he was, he, was, he was beaten at that point anyway. And after that, there really wasn't a lot in there. The only closer in the race ever fast really didn't do anything and no, it was set up for him. So he's just, he, he's just totally inconsistent. I mean, you don't know what you're going to get from him. Well, I, I read your lovely write-up about um, um, comparing maximum securities race career and life to um, to Shakespeare and some wonderful references. I'm from Stratford-upon-Avon, you know, in England. So, oh, are you really? Yeah, oh, so I'm okay. a bit of a fan of the Shakespearean twists. Oh. And, uh, well, then I officially dedicate that column to you. Oh, thank you. It was absolutely wonderful. I read it about three times and I loved it. And I thought, gosh, how very appropriate it was um, uh, for, for this horse to... Um, uh, and an O for a horse with wings. I loved that. I thought that was a, a, a fascinating <laughs> reference there. But, but certainly, um, you know, the first DQ for a foul ever, um, and then coming into the next race um, and, and being beaten, uh, probably needed that race to come back after 43 days off. Um, but then coming into this race, um, obviously doing very well, and then looking forward to see if maybe um, he runs in the Travers, and certainly that is a possibility. Uh, that's what it sounds like. And I'm actually kind of surprised. I, I didn't think they would run because, you know, G Gary, uh, Gary West, Gary and Mary West, um, they have game winner in there, and, you know, to me, he looks like he looks like he could be the horse to beat in there. He's going to love the mile and a quarter. I thought he ran a phenomenal race in the Kentucky Derby to be beaten three lengths. I mean, he was so wide the whole race. I mean, ridiculously wide, way too far back. He got into a lot of trouble early in the race and dropped way out of it. And uh, he made up an absolute ton of ground, and he was flying at the end. Um, he just actually got beaten a photo for fourth. But I thought he, I, I thought he was, he may have run as good a race as anybody in there. 
And then he came back and he won the Los Alamitos Derby. He didn't beat anything in there. Um, did it okay. He, you know, mm -hmm. he won by six lengths, but he didn't pull away until late. And the horse that finished second was a maiden. But I still think game winner, I think he's ready for a huge effort at a mile and a quarter. Sort of reminds me of West Coast, another uh, yeah. Baffert. Uh, mm -hmm. Another Baffert horse that's that's owned by um, Gary and Mary West. So, you know, just getting good now. He had some trouble early in the year. He just got beaten a couple of close finishes. Didn't have the best of luck. But yeah, he ran into Omaha Beach, which is part of his bad luck. Right. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I, you know, I, I figured they, you know, they would try and win it with game winner rather than have one of these two horses get beat. So I'm actually kind of surprised. I thought that coming off this race where he was very tired, he was, you know, he was laying down a lot the next day. So I would have thought they would really give him a little bit of time and run him in the Pennsylvania Derby, which right. would have been more his speed. But, you know, Parks is kind of a quirky surface, so I think they might be afraid that he might not like it, which, uh, you know, I mean, you got to take a shot. It's a million-dollar race, and... You can't assume he's not going to like it. But, I mean, I, I, that's the way I thought that they would go. So I'm actually kind of surprised. Now, he's not definite. And they sent him to, they're sending him to Saratoga. Right. And they'll train him and see how he's doing. But I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, as he gets closer to the race, they say, well, we want to give him some extra time. But, listen, maybe not. Right. I mean, uh, yeah, you know, Travis is going to be a, a, a barn burner. It is. We'll see what happens. It will happen. We'll see what happens in the Jim Dandy. The Jim Dandy is going to be, yeah. Lot of good horses in there. There really are. The Jim Dandy is going to be a pretty exciting race, I think. Uh, um, with what we'll see, War of Will again, of course, and uh, uh, and and, and I got to ask you what you thought of the inquiry sign at the at the Haskell. For uh, was that just <laughs> a little bit was, of a? That, that was, seemed like a bit of a bad joke. No. <laughs> no, that that's the part that put the Shakespearean aspect of it over the top. It that's did right. indeed. That's why I said this, you can't get more Shakespearean than this. No. I mean, after all of that would happen, that he winds up with an, an, an inquiry. And you got to remember, the Kentucky Derby, there wasn't even an inquiry. I know. It was a, student, it was a, a jockey's objection up from the second horse who wasn't even bothered. Right. The horse that was bothered didn't even claim foul. It was just like a, it, it's just like so convoluted. I know. Now you get, now you get a steward's inquiry and... Listen, Luis Saez obviously takes some liberties. You know, it, 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 looked, it looked like he did, you know, come in a bit, but Kingford Day was, was, he was already beaten, and you really can't tell on the angle. There's nothing definitive. It's, it happens, you know, these things happen on a turn where it's hard to really see. Um, it's horse so, racing, you know? Yeah, so, you know, he took, he took his ground away, but, you know, I mean, let's put it this way. I mean, when they put up the inquiry, but that inquiry sign went off really quickly. It went fast, they, yes. They're not going to have these people sweat after the last time. But no, no, that my was... Favorite, my favorite quote of the year was um, was Gary West afterwards when he was interviewed by TVG. Mm -hmm. He had the, by far and away, the greatest quote of the year. Uh, Scott Hazelton from TVG, the first question he asked him, he says... Uh, he said, well, congratulations, uh, Mr. West. Does, does this help at all make up for the Derby? And Gary West's answer was, no. 
<laughs> no. That's my favorite quote of the year. No. Yeah, good answer. No. no. <laughs> Nothing. I, I don't know what's going to end up happening with that. I know that's still uh, tussling around uh, in it with the court hit, possible court hearing and, and a number of other things going on with that to get that overturned. Uh, and I don't know if that's possible, but uh, I say, I, uh, I say, happen, you no. I say, good for him for you know for trying. He he certainly, if he believes in it, then I think um, he wouldn't probably rest well if he didn't follow through. So I think if someone well, believes you know, in something, it shows his, it to me it shows his pa passion. He's, it a, does. he's not he's not after the money. Believe no. me, he doesn't need it. No, um, mm -mm. He, he, but you know, but you. you for a Kentucky Derby victory that he's been trying for for 30 years. Yes. You gotta, you have to give it a shot. You do indeed. Listen, I, you know, I go, I, I, I go back. His, his trainer, who is now his bloodstock agent and his racing manager, Ben Glass, is a friend of mine, and I've known him since 1993 when he actually trained a horse for Gary West called Rocamundo, who won the Arkansas Derby and paid 218 dollars. Hmm. And then he retired after that, and then he, you know, Gary West asked him to be his, you know, asked him to come back as his racing manager, and he's has it. He's picked, he's picked out a lot of good horses for him. But this horse, I mean, this horse is a homebred. I know. This and, is a sixteen thousand dollar horse that couldn't, yeah. nobody even wanted to claim, couldn't right? Away. I know. Couldn't, couldn't give him away. Couldn't give his sire away. Couldn't give his dam away. It's incredible, isn't it? And look at him now. Oh my gosh, it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, now we, right now, right now he's leading three-year-old the country. Like I said, we'll see what happens when goes into Travers, and we'll see what happens in the Jim Dandy. You got, you know, Tacitus, who to me is as good as any three-year-old the country. War of Will on his best day is as good as anyone. Um, I don't know. We'll, I don't know if Owendale will run or not. Code of Honor is not going to run, but he's going to wait for the Travers, and he's coming off a monster victory. I thought he was very impressive. It's wire. Uh, he didn't beat much, but I, I love the way he did it. Yes, indeed. Steve Haskin, uh, I'm going to steal from your column here. Uh, Max fans hope the play from which that is from describes the final chapter from Shakespeare. <laughs> All's well that ends well, and Shakespeare knows how to spin a good yarn, and I know someone else who does as well, and that would be Hall of Famer Steve Haskin. Lovely to have you on the show. <laughs> And it's always a pleasure, Steve. We'll talk to you soon. And now go and eat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you take care. Thank you. Steve Haskin, Hall of Fame turf writer, for joining us on the Horse Talk Show. I'm Louisa Barton. Attention, North Central Florida, Palm Chevrolet, the area's number one volume Chevy dealer, is pre-qualifying customers for new cars without using a social security number. That's right. We don't need your social to get you qualified for a new car. Simply log on to palmchevrolet.com, enter your name and address, and instantly get your credit score, interest rate, even your payment on any new Chevy in stock. This will not affect your credit score. Log on to palmchevrolet.com and get pre-qualified now, or visit Palm Chevrolet, Southwest College Road in Ocala. Find new roads. We're a unique, tough breed. We work long, hard hours making sure your horses are healthy and properly shod. Because, well, we farriers know horses perform better when they're properly shod and healthy. You want quality horse products, supplements, and farrier supplies at affordable prices. And you won't settle for anything less. TT Distributors is dedicated to quality horse products, supplements, and farrier supplies at affordable prices. Racehorse or a pasture pony. TT Distributors has what you need. 7715 West Highway 40, Ocala. 
Seminole Feed is a family-owned company always striving to exceed your expectations with our dedication to customer service since 1934. Seminole is one of the few companies today manufacturing fixed formula horse feeds with mindful monitoring of our production process to keep our nutrition safe for your horse. Using only quality ingredients and superior formulas made in an all-natural, non-medicated feed mill right here in Ocala. Seminole Feed, simply the world's best equine. Earth Song Ranch is not just for horses. We're here for your kitty kids and puppy pals too, and for their humans. We carry a line of dehydrated whole foods for dogs and cats and our own line of probiotics and digestive enzymes for them as well. We carry longevity minerals and supplements for humans. We walk our talk and we're all about a more natural approach to health for animals and humans. Visit us at earthsongranch.com or on Facebook, come and like us. Hall of Fame jockey Gary Stevens. You're listening to the Horse Talk Show. I'm Louisa Barton with the Horse Talk Show, and we're here at Clayton Frederick's farm in Ocala, Marion County, Florida, the horse capital of the world. Clayton is our resident silver medalist. We're very proud to have him here in Ocala with a uh, phenomenal training facility that we are here at chatting to him today. Going to talk a little bit about some of his traveling around the world. He's evented in a number of different places. Kind of want to hear a little bit about the difference uh, uh, from kind of country to country, place to place. Clayton, tell us a little bit about eventing differences here in America compared to some of the other places that you've been? Uh, well, I mean, the sport of eventing is it really is international and uh, certainly at the FEI level, um, you know, you can't, there's, there's not too much difference in, in the sport um, because, you know, it is very regulated, you know, and uh, we have a lot of, FEI officials that uh, it's their job to keep all the levels you know the same and everything so from that perspective it, it, it it's uh, it, it's pretty universal you know and but having said that I mean I've been luckily lucky enough to compete you know started my career in Australia um, I think I've, I've competed in New Zealand uh, obviously the UK, all over Europe. Um, I'm trying to think of the funniest part, p places I, I've been to eventing, but um, I've, I've I've actually competed in Brazil. Uh, we've competed in Hong Kong, obviously for the Olympic Games. That was that was interesting, um, and now uh, North America. So. Um, yeah, it's been an interesting uh, ride, and it's a little bit different everywhere. You know, uh, it the Europe's Europe's a great place for um, for for our sport because you know, in a very small area, you've got a load of international competitions, and the ability to get around is is so easy. When I was living in Wiltshire, you, you only had. Uh, I mean, we, we hardly went more than three hours to a competition. Mm. Um, now that I've moved to America, we travel a lot more miles. <laughs> um, very, very important to have a good horse box for that. Uh, but, um, you know, it's uh, more like it is in Australia, I, I, I actually think, because in Australia we used to travel three days to compete. Well, you can do the same here. If, you, if you're really trying to 
ride at the very, very top level, you, you, you're going to spend a lot of your time on, on the road, you know. Um, unless you're, you know, some of the riders here are lucky, enough, lucky to have sort of grooms that can drive the trucks and they end up flying around. But uh, normally I'm not so, I, I haven't been quite, uh, had, had that um, luxury. But, um, you know, it's, apart from the distances, I think uh, the sport's pretty universal. We've got some really good events in the US, you know. You know, I've been surprised, you know, um, a lot of the competitors, you know, that haven't maybe been around the world uh, complain a lot in the, US, in the U.S. about what facility they have or what the ground's like or what, you know, you can imagine. But um, actually, I think they've got it pretty good. You know, they've got very good officials, very good courses. Um, and, uh, you know, for a sport that's that is uh, very, very um, intricate and, and very exciting, our numbers aren't, aren't great. You know, we don't, we don't have a load of people involved in the sp sport. Um, it's very, very, uh, you know, not well known among, pub among the public. Um, people, as soon as they go and watch these horses jumping cross country and doing that sort of thing, are amazed about it. But uh, you know, it's 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 a it's growing sport. Um, more and more people are wanting to get into it. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been a fun ride. I can tell you about you know being involved in so many different levels in so many different countries. Tell me about the breed of horse that you like to use the most, most likely the warm blood that you're bringing over, and then kind of what you think of OTTBs, off-the-track thoroughbreds, as a, as a competing horse. I know there's a lot of incentives uh, in many of the uh, competitions for the thoroughbreds to encourage people to, uh, to use them. Tell us a little about that. Well, I think there's no, there's no doubt that, you know, we're in a sport of speed and endurance, you know, and um, so... A, a good thoroughbred, which clearly has been bred for speed, is 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 a very handy asset. The hard part about it is that, um, you know, where they are competing to a certain degree against purpose-bred now, you know, um, European breeding, uh, Ireland, Irish breeding and everything, you know, they've been developing these sport horses for a long time. So... Um, if you get a good thoroughbred, it's it's as good as any horse, uh, f without a doubt. In fact, you know you could argue that it's better because most likely gonna be wanting to go go quick. But more and more thoroughbred line is coming into the sport horse, um, and it's always a balance. It's a balance between the the rideability. Um, Especially with a with anything that's has had the experience of racing is just you know they just all they know is one one pace go, um, you know with with the with the warm blood you you get a, a a much better chance of of having a horse that is easier to ride you know naturally soft and and going um, but uh, I would still I would still take uh, take on a thoroughbred although you know it's nice also to have the ability to or, or the the reassurance that um, the the horse's legs 
from a young age haven't been pounded in the racing. Um, you know, the our horses aren't the warm bloods that we're choosing really don't start their career till five or six, uh, you know, and off the, off the track racehorse has been doing quite a bit of work, you know, as two, three-year-olds. So, um, yeah, there's uh, – I would never knock a, a, a good thoroughbred because, I, you know, we love them. And a lot of my career when I was in Australia, that's what we were dealing with there as well so um you know i do love the thoroughbreds uh but you know especially for the lower levels um uh, particularly for those that really want to have a horse that's good in the dressage and comes out on the last day and jumps that's probably more important in some ways now in our sport in the in the modern sport is that um the warm bloods tend to come out and just have a bigger jump a, a cleaner jump how about uh age what age do you generally i'm sure there's some some variance in that but what age do they generally retire them from eventing well you know event horses can really go up to up to 20 years old now uh depending on what they what they do and what they've done but there's uh plenty of horses still going around five star you know certainly 18 even 19 20 years old um so you you need to have some longevity um and uh yeah i think i think horses are generally um being looked after so much better you know people really it went years ago or when i started you know you, you as amateurs that just have have their horse in the paddock they drag it in they ride it a couple of times they go off to an event um and certainly in europe or certainly the uk you know it came from a social thing it, it turned from a social thing of uh, of hunting you know, where they were using the horses to just cross the country chasing fox um, to, you know, if you had a good one of those that jumped all the ditches, jumped all the hedges, did all that, then, you know, people would encourage, oh, you should take that eventing, you know. Um, and, of course, our sport with its roots in the military, um, where it started as a, a way of uh, the cavalry's training their horses with the dressage and the cross-country and the, and the show jumping, um, you know, to represent a horse that would be would be good in in battle or as a messenger or whatever, you know. Uh, so it, it it it's really interesting, and uh, I've talked for so long I've forgotten what you what your question was. <laughs> we were talking about breeds, <laughs> different breeds, and OTTVs. Question for you though. We haven't had many outtakes, so that's probably <laughs> maybe the first one. Favorite horse ever. My favorite horse ever has to be been a long time i mean he has he was um that's an interesting situation because his mother was thoroughbred um irish thoroughbred uh and uh, father is german holsteiner breeding but stood in in ireland um it's a sea line of holstein which is a lot of the breeding that we have is is that line um my other horse that went to the olympics was also that that uh, that line um and uh you know i just found that they had something extra you know and so he has won 
he, he was the horse I rode at uh, the Olympic Games. He's the horse I won silver medal at the World Equestrian Games. He's, he won two um, World Cup finals and uh, amongst a host of other things. So he's probably my most winningest horse, if that's a, even a word. But, uh, um, you know, and um, the great thing about Ben is uh, he he retired. We, I retired him at, I think he was eight, 17, I think, is when, it, when I retired him from the sport. He'd um, had a couple of tendon injuries over his lifetime. And he went to uh, the owners who lived in Hong Kong. They rode him at the equestrian centre, which, which is an amazing story in itself because we bought him in Ireland, uh, uh, trained him in the UK, um, won the championships. He, he, I forgot to say he won Rolex as well, uh, or the Kentucky three-day event. Um, <laughs> it's now Land Rover, but in those days was Rolex. And uh, he's won that here in America. He, he, he's competed all over Europe, went to the Hong Kong-Beijing Olympics, uh, which was at the riding, how cross-country was at the riding club with, where his owners were, uh, were riding on a daily basis. So he ended up going back there to retire and uh, he had another injury to to his leg um, because uh, you know he they thought he was getting bored doing dressage so they had to take him for gallops you know and uh, here he comes actually now yes yeah, so actually normally uh, our segment would be coming to the end right about this time but we're going to go ahead and uh, keep rolling so we can meet him and uh, and we'll sort that out in production later because uh, we definitely need to meet him so tell us his name again Clayton uh, so his name's been a long time um and uh yeah he's uh we just call him ben but um he's here retired in ocala so so when he injured himself you know they thought hong kong wasn't a great place for him to recover from his, his injury and i said to him look if you fly him to florida he can have the rest of his life in a green lush paddock in ocala and uh yeah here he is can he come over is he all right to come over? Yeah, is he? Is he all right to come over? So, um, how old is he, Clayton? Uh, yeah, good question. I think he's 24, 24 now, and he looks great for 24. You know, um, he, he he he's unreal. Like you know, when he comes in from the paddock, he comes in every on a daily basis during the day to get you know just get out of the the bugs and the heat really. Um, but uh, he comes into the paddock every day. He prances in, and he prances out. And uh, you know, he's he's still full of life. He's not. Um, Ellie was riding him every now and then when he came over. But we've got so many other horses that need working now. Um, he sort of has skipped that. But uh, every now and then we'll pull him in and put a saddle on him and ride him and, and you should see like he comes onto the arena flicks his toes he's sort of trying to prove that he, he could actually go and do it all again but uh, yeah there he is looks like how lovely so he's going to stay here forever with you um, pretty much yeah yeah until uh, until he moves on but um, he'll, he'll be he'll be here for, for the rest of his life anyway so list off again what's he won <laughs> well, he's he's got a host of a host of eventing wins. Too many for me to count. But um, his major ones uh, clearly was the 
five star at the Kentucky Horse Park, um, and uh, for for me to bring him over there and do that was a big deal because you know it costs so much to fly him over. We were based in uh, in in the UK at the time. He, he was my silver individual medal winner at the World Championships. Um, the only one that beat him on that day was Zara Phillips uh, by point one or something. It was so close, um, but uh, infuriating. But Hey, that's that's the sport, um, and he won the Samur uh, three-day event, another very big prestigious one, Chatsworth in the UK, um, and twice won the World Cup final. So he he just was an amazing horse. Always wanted to go and jump wherever I poked poked his nose and uh, he was a fancy horse on the flat he'd lead the dressage on a regular basis um, show jumping probably was not his best phase but you know he just had something extra when when it came to uh, <laughs> going into the arena he would just grow he'd get fancier and he knew when it counted you know when it counted he jumped clear so um, I'm going to hand you this. I'm going around in front of this. This is Clayton's wife, Lisa. Hi. How are you? Oh, you're beautiful. Yes, you are. Let's see if he has any comments. <laughs> Do you have any comments? No. He's, to eat. He's just going to try to eat the microphone. Oh. He's you're got beautiful. a beautiful. Uh, Beautiful eye on him, and uh, he's still beautiful. At, uh, at he's uh, gorgeous. He's got a bit grey around his eyes. Yeah. <laughs> he looks remarkably fit. Really. He, he, he he's just and he's just a superstar. We love him. Ben, yeah, you're lovely, aren't you? And sweet. <laughs> When was the last time he yeah, competed? He, he, never was, be, he wasn't sweet when he, he was a younger horse. He wasn't sweet when he was competing. <laughs> um, competing. Think, you know, I think in, in, the, in the early days of the event, you used to have roads, roads and tracks, then a um, steeplechase, then a, a, another roads and tracks, then you'd come into the 10-minute area before you went cross. You'd be 10 minutes in a, you know, in a, um, the box before you head out on the cross-country. So he's kicked people in that 10-minute box while they've been walking him around. You know, he, he gets so fired up. Um, he was, he seems sweet now, but when uh, he was actually quite a character and he, he had a lot of spunk and didn't always, he, he got so wound up and excited about going cross-country. You know, sometimes to get him to the start box, that was a feat in in, in itself. That was a more, more of a feat than jumping the fences when you got out there. Yeah, he just he just got so uh, excited about it, really. Thank you, Clayton Fredericks. Thank you, Lisa, Clayton's wife, and thank you, Ben, for the for the very special visit. Uh, a champion here in Ocala, retired at Clayton Fredericks Farm, uh, and we're going to have more with Clayton. Got lots more to chat to him about. I'm Louisa Barton with the Horse Talk Show. Thank you.